me the essentials. Just the essentials. I only brought the essentials. I never leave home without all the essentials. You're listening to Pop Culture Essentials, your guide to the latest movies. I love this movie. Oh, I love this movie. Games. TV. TV, TV, TV. You know what else else? Streaming. Christy, wake up! And pop culture news. Pop culture and current events. So sit back, relax, and let your host, Alistar, Nick, and Pete take you through this week's Pop Culture Essentials. Welcome back to Pop Culture Essentials. I am here with Nick. Oh, hey. And Pete. Hello, you fine listeners. How are you both? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. This is the first time that we're doing this on camera and I'm not turning my camera on. Just yet. Is it just yet? You? Just yet. No, I'm used to seeing doing it in the dark. So he's too, he's too enamored by these incredibly handsome men on his screen. <laughs> yeah, not I me. I don't think my monitor could handle three. So what are we talking about I- today? But Nick and I are great, Alistair. How are you? Yes. I'm great. Brad is in the waiting room waiting to come in and talk about Crawl Daddies soon. Yeah, he is. Hey, Brad. So uh, Brad. He, he can't hear you. The Brads. <laughs> what a weekend. I don't know if you guys caught any of the Comic-Con stuff. Yes, or bits and pieces. But a little bit, the things that um, I was interested in. I... Interested in? Mm, yes. Mm. Well, we'll never know until I tell you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's kick off with some news. Uh, let's start off with Pete this time. Yes. So on the topic of Comic-Con, we had, poor, we had the MCU and the DCEU um, giving us well, actually, they gave us a lot. And then, so Marvel gave us a lot. DC didn't actually give us too much, which I think is because they knew that they've got The Flash and Aquaman 2, which are both problematic movies at this point. So they decided to focus on Shazam sequel and Black Adam, which makes perfect sense. This whole thing about Henry Cavill being announced as Superman never came to fruition. And mm. also was never actually confirmed. So it's kind of funny that people are upset about something that was never going to happen in the first place. Um, (laughs) Like, I think it's, yeah, it's unfortunate that we don't have any idea if we're ever going to get a Man of Steel 2 or Henry Cavill back in the suit, but we shouldn't be upset with the fact that we didn't get the news. Um, So we're just going to focus on the fact that we have Shazam 2, Black Adam, and of course... Phase five of the MCU and phase six of the MCU. I know, big teasers, hey. Which at this stage looks like it'll wrap up November 7th, 2025. So they Ooh. are really, they're really like, yep, people are going to be around for the for three more years <laughs> and they'll still love these movies. So, yeah. Where was Eternals 2? Oh, come oh. on. Because as you said, they showed us phase six, but they didn't show us every single title of phase six. It's true. Oh, you're right. We know Fantastic Four is coming, and then we know the final, well, not the final, but two new Avengers films. Uh the Kang two Avengers movies Dynasty. in the same year yeah, as well. Kang Dynasty in on May in May on May 2nd, 
and Secret Wars on November 7th. So we know that there are three definite films in phase six. We don't know what else. I mean, Eternals mm. 2 is possible. We know that they want to continue Harry Styles's Eros from the True. first one. There's a Scarlet Witch solo film, which is bound to be in there. Wow. So there's all of the possibilities at this stage. But phase five is, um, phase five is stacked. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. So sum up, Marvel brought it, DC did not. Basically, yeah, that's the <laughs> way of what I could have said, but it wouldn't have been <laughs> fun hearing me talk about it. Um, but, yeah, I think, I mean, I think Shazam 2, it pretty much looks like it's on par with the first one in terms of its its comedy and its action. Um, the second Black Adam trailer looks a lot better, um, even though I am a ride-or-die Dwayne Johnson fan, I'll admit that the first Black Adam trailer was incredibly underwhelming. Um, but this second one looks like it's a little bit, like this one looks like it's got a bit more oomph to it, a bit more fun. It kind of reminded me of Aquaman in some situations. Um, but yeah, DC DC played it, played it safe. Marvel went for pure spectacle and it paid off because everyone is completely on board with Marvel, even though right now everyone's kind of like, oh, do we still really like Marvel? Because Thor has been incredibly divisive. Mm. It's, but there are always going to be movies that'll sell no matter what. So it's like, we get used to it. Marvel is going to be a thing of cinema for the foreseeable future. I think I just saw Thor just past 600 million at the worldwide box office. So, I mean... Yeah. That's a lot of money. There's a lot of money still getting funneled into this MCU machine. So yeah. It's a lot of money for a movie that people are like. Yeah. Eh. Yeah. 10,000 years more Marvel. Let's go. Well, it's crazy <laughs> to think that they actually said the Marvel universe, it's unlikely that our people of our age is ever likely to see every Marvel movie. Like, they 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 will continue going <sighs> yeah. long past we're dead, which is <sighs> wow. Scary. So yeah. what's the point? If we're not gonna get any fit like any finite conclusion, what's the point? Exactly. Let's just stop watching Marvel movies. Right? Yeah, boycott Marvel because they want me dead. That's what I got from you. That's from what I got from what you said, Pete. So oh yeah, thanks. Thanks for yep. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> he said I should die. <laughs> Quote, Kevin Feige. Quote. <laughs> oh, I ain't saying shit now. <laughs> I do have a question for you, Peter, and you may not know the answer, but I feel like if anyone does, it would be you. Okay. Uh, John Watts was meant to direct Fantastic Four, but he's not. Mm. Is that correct? Um, I he said yes, then he said no. Yeah, they didn't really say anything about Fantastic Four. As far as I know, John Watts... Yeah, the last thing I heard was that he is no longer attached. Um, but who, like, we don't know at this we don't know stage. Literally, okay. fan, literally, all they said was, we're getting Fantastic Four in 2024. Casting is, you know, happening right now. Um, so who knows? I, I think John Watts would be a great person to take on. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Um, but it's also also not a great sign when your director signs on and then leaves before the well, film started. But also maybe actually announce the film 
get shit going and then be like, John Watts is directing. Yeah. 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 Could they be swapping John for another John hey. in John Krasinski as a I director? Because I don't believe Krasinski will be Mr. Fantastic. I don't think, think he's, he's that's done. That's like that's yeah. like I the think, multiverse I, version yeah. of him is the what we got to see, and that's it. Yeah, I think they put him in multiverse of madness because they're like, he's the name that's been thrown around. Mm. I think they were like, we're gonna do this little fun fan casting to get everybody happy, and then they won't continue it on. I don't I think they'll go for from what I understand, they want to cast people between like the ages of 25 and 35. Like they're going for a younger yeah. cast, right. which you know, I mean, I for that ten thousand years of Marvel. I think yeah. Krasinski is a great choice, but at the same time, mm. I'm like, I'm happy to see an exciting new cast. <laughs> Nick, what have you got for us? Uh, I got a bit of music news uh, today, and look, just oh, here we go. Oh. Uh, you guys are gonna love this. Mm. Obviously, fa- you know, fans of the the show who listened to the last episode know that uh, Drake is not loved. Uh, in the pop culture essentials universe. No, no. Look, just just days out from the release of her highly anticipated album, Renaissance, Beyonce, you're welcome, wow. has released the 16-song track list that will be gracing the ears of Queen Bee fans all over the world. Uh, accompanying her hit single, Break My Soul, the list has teased titles including Energy, Church Girl, Alien Superstar, and America Has a Problem. Uh, Renaissance releases this Friday, July 29. So some interesting titles in there. I think the one that obviously stands out is America has a problem and whether this is going to be obviously. Destiny's Child diss track. Oh, calling it. Even I was like, Ooh, at that. And I don't listen to that much Beyonce, but I was like, that would imagine Beyonce just coming out and, just yep. fucking going hard into Destiny's Being okay. like, I want bitches. Can I? <laughs> Michelle who? Say, right. I'm going to say something that's probably controversial as a, as a gay person. Um, look, I'm excited for Beyonce's new music because it seems like she's going back to, I guess, dance music quote-unquote fun music, even though it's clear that her music's going to have, like, a message in it. Because there was a big period there that I was like, I'm done hearing your music about Jay-Z being, Jay-Z cheating on you. Right. Like the, what do they call it? The Not visual albums. I can't remember what they called them, but, But yeah, there were all these, like, hectic art pieces. Yeah, it was just all of this angry music and I'm like can I get my crazy and love single ladies Beyonce back like if you're about to yeah. diss lemonade I'm not dissing lemonade I'm just saying I I like that she's going back to more accessible music like the pop album right because like lemon like if they're not albums that I frequently re-listen to because I'm like I don't enjoy it as much on because I feel like it's you hear it, you go, okay, I'm hearing the message and everything. And then it, I'm like, I want hooks and that sort of thing. some catchy tunes. Yeah. I want an earworm. <laughs> I want a bop, you know? <laughs> it's fine. You won't, you won't break my soul. Uh, oh, here we go. Got him. 
So yes, Beyonce re- Renaissance comes out on Friday. So I guess we'll find out then if Pete's getting his bops or Alistair's getting his uh Destiny's Lemonade Child too. Distract. Yeah, Destiny Child's diss track. There we go. Well, look, the best thing about the Lemonade album was the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt taking it and turning it into one of the funniest things I've ever seen in a TV yeah. show. That yeah. was the Lemonade gift that kept <laughs> keeps on giving. Uh, I've got a little bit of weird gaming news. Ooh. Um, weird so gaming. We, we all remember Space Jam and New Legacy. Oh, yeah, the hit movie of last year. The movie that saved cinema, right? Yes, the hit. To be fair, had a killer Michael Jordan joke. I will give it that. That is true. That was very funny. I think it was the only point that I laughed. Yeah. <laughs> and no one else did it. I'm like, oh, shit. Actually, uh, yeah, remember, we kind of had the same thing. Like, we yeah. burst out laughing, and I think every other kid was like, wait, what? Anyway. Mm. So Warner Brothers have released a new game called Multiversus. Now, it is a Smash Brothers fighter that has pretty much all, all Warner Brothers properties that they can possibly pump into games fighting each other. So you've got like Batman, Iron Giant, Superman, Arya Stark, um, oh. Shaggy from Scooby-Doo, Steven Universe. Sexy. Um, right. Now, just when we thought, you know, they've really gone into like some weird mashups, Warner Brothers have confirmed this week uh, that the latest character to join the game will be LeBron James. Uh, donning, right. Donning the Tune Squad jersey. Now, I mean, so, it makes sense. It, so, it, like, it does if it was last year. But yeah, that yeah, 2021, yeah. The movie yeah. wasn't a hit, right? I don't think so. Well, I think it made decent... Decent, Cash. A decent bank, but also not enough for it to have a game out a year later. Mm. Yeah, I, I feel like LeBron James in Space Jam is out of like the pop culture discourse. I feel like people very, very quickly forgot Space Jam. Yeah, like legacy. until you brought it up, I was like, oh, that's right. That was a movie. That we all was a movie. Yeah. Yeah. It was a film. If so yeah, no. If that's not enough for you, Rick and Morty have joined the roster um, along <laughs> along with a Shaggy meme. Apparently, there's a Shaggy from Scooby-Doo meme that everyone loves. Y- yeah. But is that like the... About? the is that just the Matthew Lillard meme? That's... It's like the Shaggy that they basically like treat like a Jedi master. Is that the Shaggy meme that we're talking about? Called the Ultra Instinct Shaggy is the full name. Uh-huh. Um, no idea what's going I'm on. I'm way off there. <laughs> Apparently, it's an <laughs> internet thing, according to news. Uh, and that will be available for purchase. Now, I downloaded this game because I got a free code thanks to WB. Uh, and you have to Shout buy. Out WB. You have to buy each character. Oh, um, so you get like a handful of freebies, aka the shit ones, uh, <laughs> and then your Supermans you have to pay for. Now, right, if you want to, you're LeBron James's, you have to pay for. <laughs> so I went to buy Superman because I'm lazy. Uh, <laughs> Forty-five Australian dollars. Holy to shit! Unlock Superman. 
or you can play the game for 62.5 hours to unlock Superman. Oh my God. Oh my I God. I think not. Uh, no. So yeah, we'll, time will tell if this game gets off the ground. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know how. I mean, Smash Bros is so popular already. Like it, it's going to be hard to dethrone that as like the brawler game. Yeah. So and it's like 60 bucks. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, and you get all the characters. And LeBron James is not one of them. (laughs) All right, so we're going to try the movie tag game that we hated from last week. Hated, but it did make great content. I'll put that out there. I'm just going to put that out there. It was chaos, but it was fun chaos. You can put it out there and we can just knock it right back. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh, Look, I... I've refined movie tag a little bit. I've Ooh. I've taken it back to the to the drawing board. We don't know, uh, but with our theme or with uh, talking about where the crawdads sing later in the episode, the game's theme tonight uh, is movies based on books. All right. So the first game with movie tag is we're going to guess the movie, and I'm going to give you the tagline to start. If you don't get it from the tagline, I'm going to give you a piece of trivia from the film. If you don't get it from the trivia, I'm going to give you a non-lead actor or actress in the film. If you don't get that, I'm giving you the synopsis. And if you don't get that, then you're just bad at the game. So you have four chances <laughs> to get this movie I, right. I feel like you're trying to make this about that we suck. It's not the <laughs> game. It's you. A tradesman never blames the that tools. feels like it. Well, <laughs> these two tools are ready to go. Uh, so just keep in mind movie based on a book and this movie's tagline is the only thing crazier than love is family i'm going to give you 15 seconds on the clock and i'm going to fill that time because i know you guys will be silently thinking for the next 10 seconds and while you're thinking for the next 10 seconds if you're listening to the show why don't you give us a like and a subscribe and uh, let us know what your favorite movie based on a book is in the comments. Five seconds to go. Four, three, the only thing crazier than love is family. Two, one. Any guesses before we move on to a piece of trivia? Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. It is not Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. (laughs) Pete? No. In the decade that this movie came out, it was the highest grossing romantic comedy of that decade. It made the most money in the decade it came out. Another 15 seconds on the clock. A real 15 seconds this time. Oh, a uh, real 15 seconds. A real 15. Not a, not a fun oh. little 15. So the only thing crazier than love is family and that this movie was the highest grossing romantic comedy of the decade it came out. What's the decade? Can you tell us that? No, because that'll give it away. Alistair. Five oh, seconds. Oh, oh, oh he's got a guess. Book, 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 book. Is it? Oh, oh, crazy. Rich Three Asians? seconds. It's Crazy Rich Asians. No, he's got it. Oh, Alistair has got it. Oh. Crazy Rich Asians, the highest-grossing romantic comedy of the two thousands tens. Yeah, that was very, very well done. I was going Gemma Ooh. Chan for the actress. Yeah. And then obviously the movie synopsis would be based on the global bestseller. It follows a native New Yorker, Rachel Chu, to Singapore to meet her boyfriend's family. Based on the best-selling book, 
Based crazy rotations. Crazy rotations. So yeah, cool. I hope there we go. Doesn't suck. Wow. Yeah, All they're right. still making that. When I was when I was setting this game up, oh. I was like, they're still really following crazy rotations too. So I'll believe that when I see it. <laughs> I I really enjoyed crazy rotations. Oh, I'm excited. I'm like excited to see what they do. It's yeah. Just, I don't. I feel like we've maybe a few. It's. I feel like maybe the sequel buzzes past. I think. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But that was yeah. movie tag. Congratulations, Alistair. One up Ooh. on the board. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) So does it make the cut? Do we still make movie tags back next week? Well, you're still on notice. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty much, I feel like I know Pete's answer. And it's no. Um. (laughs) How dare you put words in my mouth, Alistair. Even though those words may be true. (laughs) All right, let's go to a break and we'll be back to talk about this week's movie, Where the Craw Daddies Sing. Welcome back to Pop Culture Essentials. That was a great chat about Craw Daddies. The Craw Daddies. The Craw Daddies. That's an infamous meme on the Nova Stream Instagram. Thanks to (laughs) Hagen, who (laughs) made me laugh with that lovely piece of art. Should definitely check it out. It has to be a sequel. <laughs> a very different kind of marsh girl. It would totally fit. It, I mean, it would. And it, it can only make the movie better. Different audience, though. Different, very different audience. <laughs> now, look, what happened this weekend at the box office, Pete? Well, kind of funny that we're talking about where those Crawl Daddies sang because it seems like... Australia turned up to hear their beautiful song because it debuted at number one with $2.1 million, which that's a decent little haul for a... It's a decent pull. It's pretty good. Um, Debuting, well, essentially debuting in number two, even though it's sort of already been out, like it's had a very staged release is the Black Phone. So it debuted at number two with $1.541 million. So that's not bad. I'm happy, happy that, with that. I'm happy that a, a, a horror film people turned up for it in Australia because we're sort of notorious for ignoring that genre. So I think the yeah, I sure. think the amount of I think the amount of screenings that film had prior definitely helped it. Yeah, good word of mouth. And I mean a good movie too. So glad to see people seeing it. And less of a Less of a great movie, but uh, pulling in, pulling in those numbers. Minions: The Rise of Gru <laughs> um, in its thirty ninth day of release. So far, it has earned twenty six point seven million dollars in Australia. Wow! And wow! Yeah, this weekend it was number three. It only it dropped fifty five percent to get one point one eight. It's million. still making a million dollars and it's like it's what, on its what? almost six, like over almost like, six week of release. Yeah. yeah. There's um, gentle minions coming out. The little movie that could top gun Maverick. How so good. Yeah, this is like its second month, you know, in release. Insane. It only dropped 27%. Wow. It made $1.1 million. Huge. To, to collectively have $58.8 million in Australia. Oh. This, this movie has just completely 
defied any expectation. Like, I don't think I knew that. Like, I think we all assumed it was going to be big. Yeah, but yeah. But like, this is, like, I mean, just in Australia alone, that, that figure, yeah. that's mental. It's got legs. And uh, speaking of legs, Jurassic World Dominion. Oh. Number five, $220,000 dropped 48% to get $24.5 million in its release. Did you say $220,000? Yeah. So that's like almost a million dollars difference between four and five. Yeah. That's insane. Do you know what's also really insane? Thor, Love and Thunder. Yeah. Not in the top five. Not in the top five. Do you know what else is insane? Elvis not in the top five considering it's- the wow. one of the top 10 highest grossing films in Australia in history. Well, is somewhere insane. where Thor, Love and Thunder is in the top five um, yes. in America uh, mm. over the weekend. Obviously, we've got a new number one in Nope. Nice. $44 million, which so is good. Some people are saying it's on the low end of expectations, but I mean, it's the biggest Jordan Peele opening and so good the it's the most it's like and funnily enough it's I think it's the highest grossing opening weekend for an original property since us <laughs> Jordan How good. so you know it's pretty great um Thor Love and Thunder dropped to number two with uh 52.6 drop which is pretty standard Stands. for Marvel movies nice. Um, it made $22.1 million. So far has collected $276 million in the States. So Okay. Modest. Um, Minions Rise of Gru is so far tracking at $297 million in the wow. States. Like, just ridiculous. Can't keep the Minions down. Uh, Where the Crawdads Sing dropped 40% to collect $10.3 million to making it 38 0.3 million dollars in its two weeks of release, which is that's pretty good Modest. for it. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, talked about it. Top Gun Maverick still wow. in the top five. Wow. Made, made 10 million dollars, dropped only 18.7 percent. It's insane. Has, this is mental. Has 635 million dollars. In a, in, That's in, in the know, US alone. alone. After nine weeks of release, did you see like, that Tom Cruise is getting that hundred million dollar oh, payday? He's making bank on this, so which is fair enough. Oh. He, he puts in when, the work for it. When's Top Gun home release? Is that August as well? Well, Around, I believe or, so, but I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if they push it. They push it back. Yeah, yeah. No way yeah. will they want to push it. Yeah. And if anyone from Paramount's listening, you got to push for that Steelbook 4K. I have not seen anything pop up yet at JB Hi-Fi because I will buy the shit out of that. I've seen 4K. But I haven't seen Steelbook. You know who does have Steelbook? I think Zavi. Ooh. There we go. Be prepared to pay three times what it's worth. (laughs) (laughs) And I do. (laughs) It gets me every time. God damn it. Um, But yeah, that's... I mean, so... Top Gun, Maverick, Minions, and Where the Crawdads Sing are pretty much dominating both. Nice. Um, and we've still got to wait a few weeks for Nope, um, which sucks. But yes, weird. Hopefully, I mean, I'd like to think it makes a decent little amount of money. I hope. I hope so. And especially, I mean, seeing that the Black Phone still made a million or just over a million 
uh, even after having like a super delayed re- release compared to the yeah. US. Yeah, Hopefully, no, because in the same. The Black same Phone week. opened in Australia the same weekend that it went to um, VOD in the States. In the States. So, yeah. shout out to everybody in Australia that turned up to watch. We went and saw it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And didn't download it. <laughs> Speaking of movies that maybe you should download, uh, this week it doesn't seem like there's going to be much competition. Uh, no. The first movie coming out here, which I believe, Nick, you're about to watch tonight, is called Press Play. Yeah, can't wait. Exciting. Uh, yeah, a young woman has a chance to save the love of her life when she discovers that the mixtape they made together tra- can transport her back in time. To be fair, this sounds like something I would watch. But do you know what? That premise doesn't sound bad. Like, yeah. I like that idea. You put it in a romantic comedy. I could be there for it. We'll see. Is it a romantic comedy, though, or is it going to get really, like... Oh, like, yeah. Who knows? I feel it, it might be missing the comedy part. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm getting kind of, like... A romantic sadomy. Like, yeah, I feel like it might be, like, kind of, like, a... like if About I times. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was, that was sad. No, that was a sad one. Yeah. Sad. Yeah. Speaking of sad, no one tell Grace Randolph, but Jessica Chastain has a new movie out this week. Uh, <laughs> it's called The Forgiven with Ralph Fiennes. Mm. Um, look, I saw the trailer. I don't know. Have well, either of you seen it yet? Yeah, we both I seen it. Have both seen it, and it was um, surprisingly good. I well, quite I enjoyed not, it. Not so like surprisingly because it's, surprisingly? it's got quality. It's like quality actors and a uh, Martin. Um, Martin McDonough? John Michael McDonough, John, the John brother Michael. of Martin McDonough. So it's got caliber to it. Um, so I I would implore people to to go see it. I think that just to piss off Grace Randolph. <laughs> the tra- the trailer is a little misleading too, um, yeah, because right. it's it's a it's ultimately like a dual narrative movie. So you do yeah. have to and and if you go in knowing it's satire, like it is taking the piss yeah. out of rich white culture. Oh. Yeah, yeah. If if you go in knowing it's going to be a bit more of a dark comedy, then I think you'll have yeah, a, a decent time with it. Yeah, because Matt Smith and Caleb Landry Jones are oh. a very flamboyant gay couple, and it's hilarious. who own a mansion in the middle of Morocco. Like they, yeah, yeah. It's 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 really well made. I, I don't want to say too much, but it's and it's it's shocking as well. I think in a good way. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm glad that we both went into it knowing nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and if you want to keep local, look, I know you guys will be in for this one. Lee Kernigan, Boy from the Bush. A How good. Part concert film, part road movie, celebrating the life and music of the Australian country singer. Yeah. I mean, if I've run out of things to watch, I'll go watch this. Nothing against Lee Kernigan, but... I mean, it's just not someone's music I've I've heard since I've been at my grandparents' house, and then I was five or six years old. So, I mean, this will get an audience. That that Kurt Vonnegut documentary and like these sort of like music documentaries that do hit like Dendi and Palace and stuff do get a pretty decent audience behind them. And obviously, an icon of Australian music like Lee Kernigan will surely draw a crowd in. So, I think it yeah. might do all right. I I spoke to the director this um Crib Stenders who made Red Dog. Red Dog, yeah. Um 
And like Lee Koenigin is not someone that I listen to. I'm not someone who's a, like, I'm not really a fan, but I, I'll admit like when you watch the film, you realize like this guy, like he's incredibly successful and he has mm. kind of accolades. So I have to respect the fact that this will definitely have an audience for Lee Koenigan fans. And I think they'll really appreciate it because it does, it is a concept, um, but it also shows like his, you know, his love for his love for the land and that sort of stuff. So it may not necessarily be something that I, you know, personally responded to, but I can definitely look at it and go, I see the value here for its intended audience. And Kriv was like a beautiful person to speak to. So, yeah. Nice. Cool. Um, so that is what is coming out this week. Now, game number two. Are we ready? <laughs> yes. For the only game that we liked. Uh, and we'll see how things go this week. What's we your, will see. What's your theme? What's your theme? Hit us. Well, we're sticking with the theme of, of movies based on books. Uh, I've gone a little touch of movies based on romantic novels uh, for oh. Rotten Potatoes this week. So if this is your first time listening and you've never heard the term Rotten Potatoes before, uh, we use the critics and the audience score from Rotten Tomatoes for a film. I asked Pete and Alistair to guess what they think the critics and audience score is. They have a 3% margin either way to get it right uh, and we'll tally up the win at the end. And the winner gets a lovely compliment from the other person. How about that? Aww. Oh, or they order the Maccas to their house right now because Pete oh. may or may not have been eating the Maccas during our break and made us very jealous. Uh, so, no, yeah, you know what? Fuck that. Maccas is on the line for this game <laughs> of right. Rotten Potatoes. So, like I said, movies based on romantic novels. I will go Alistair and then Pete. Actually, no, I'm going to change it. I think you both have to... I'm going to count down from five. And you both have to say the score at the same time. Ooh, okay. That way there's no bouncing off each other. I'm going to, you know what? We're we're playing on the fly. So the first movie that is is based on a romantic novel (laughs) is 2014's The Fault in Our Stars. So we're going to go critic score first, okay? Critic score in five, four, three, two, one. Go. 68. 87. 68, 87. Okay. And we're going to go audience score. We're going to go audience score in five, four, three, two, one. 87, right or die. Yeah, I was going to say 87 as well. Right or die. There we go. 87 for both. Everyone loves it. Do 87s. Let's go with the audience score first. Both said 87. The audience score for Fault Now Stars is 85. So you're both within there. Half a point, half a point each. Come on, critics. Don't let me do Critics score. Pete, you said 67. Yes. Alistair, if I'm not mistaken, you said 85. Mm-hmm. The audience score is 81. Alistair, you missed out by 1% Sorry. on that one there. Oh, Lordies. Critic score? Critic score 81% for the Fault in Our Stars. I feel like I don't even remember this movie. 
Yeah, look, I, I remember, remember watching like, it. I remember, yeah, I remember doing well. I just, it, to me, it felt like a movie that critics would rip apart, but clearly not. Was Certified this, fresh. Was this? Uh, oh, this one's shit. less romance, but I think it's definitely in the cultural zeitgeist of movies adapted to books for young adults, and that is 2012's The Hunger Games. Oof. I thought you said romantic comedies. I just said, I just said romance. And there's some oh. romance in here, but this is like a young adult sort of curveball to throw at you. But The Hunger Games. So we're going the critic score first. I'll count down from five, five, four, three, two. One critic score for Hunger Games. Go. 83. Uh, 87. Why 83 and 87. Hi, Joe. Can I change my answer? Interesting. But I won't say interesting to who. Uh, and the Hunger Games audience score in three. I'm counting down from three now. Two. One. Audience score. Go. 85. 91. Oh. What was, what was yours, Pete? 81. 91. 91. All right, we'll start with the critics' score for this one. Pete said 83. Alistair said 87. You were both within 3%. It is 84% on Rotten Tomatoes, so half a point each. So we got one point to Alistair, half a point to Pete so far. Audience score. Come on, audience. Pete said 85. Sorry, Alistair said 85. Pete, Mm -hmm. you said 91. Yeah. Alistair, you've missed out by 1% again. It is 81% oh. on Rotten Tomatoes. So 84 would have gotten you the half point, Pete. Off by a little bit there. But you know what? It doesn't shock I me that the, that the audience is, well, there's only half a point in the game right now. How good is this scoring system? The final one's a doozy. The final one is the quintessential based on a romantic novel film from the master himself, Nicholas Sparks. 2004's The Notebook starring Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams will be going critic score first for this one in three seconds. Three, two, one. What is the critic score for The Notebook? I'm going to say 46 because I just feel like it wasn't as well received. What do we reckon, Alistair? 51. 51. All righty. around 50. All right. 51. 51. 51 and the audience score in three, two, one. 87. 85. What am I doing? 85 87. and 87. All I've said 87 every time. So this is going to be interesting. I mean, it's to done see well for you. What this does. One person to me. One person is getting half a point on the critic on the critic score. Pete, you said 46. Alistair, you said 51. Mm -hmm. The critics' score for The Notebook is 53. Alistair, half a point. We're locked up. The scores are locked. It is up to... It is up to the audience score. Someone has won this game. I'm going to tell you that much for free right now. Oh, Alistair, you said 87. Yeah. Pete, you said 85. So you guys' scores are pretty close. 85 is the audience score. Peter's no. hit it dead on the head. One full point. Pete takes out Rotten Potatoes, but just this week. That was a close game. Congratulations. That was a close Employee game. of Rotten Tomatoes. So, um, I believe <laughs> yeah. both of you owe me a, well, you know what? Um, you don't order me McDonald's. It's fine. I'm, I'm the host. I don't owe shit. Okay. Compliments, thanks. You you made the rules. Compliment me, bitch. 
Pete, for someone who works at Rotten Tomatoes, you're really good at knowing the Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> scores. <laughs> and that's my compliment to you. Well, as someone who doesn't, who's someone who isn't Rotten Tomatoes certified, you're doing pretty well at looking shit up, Nick. So. <laughs> Nick, do you know these scores before you do it or do you look it up afterwards? Oh, like... No, no, no. I know them before. Okay. That's where I bring the intrigue right. and bring the fun, you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I know them. I know them sure, before. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks for that, Nick. <laughs> that, was, that was a delight. Uh, fun for everyone. Me. Fun for all. So this is the last, last section for this week uh, and probably my favourite bit every week. What is essential in our pop culture. Uh, so essential for me this week is Netflix, which is something I haven't said in a while. Wow. Uh, it is season four of Virgin River. I never thought I'd be one of those. I am one of those. I stayed up till wow. 3 a.m. this morning finishing that shit. <laughs> because shit. my best friend watched it all weekend and threatened to tell me, the last line, which is the biggest spoiler ever for the whole season. So, oh wow, uh, oh. screw you, Anna. Thanks for making me very tired today. Um, <laughs> but definitely worth the watch um, because there is a character called Brady who I'm talking to Pete here um, is just okay. like the hottest my ears. thing on two legs and constantly just gets his clothes off. Worth cool. the watch alone. Uh-huh. So Thanks, Nick. Nick, what about you? Bring us back to straight land. I just um I just googled Brady Virgin River and yeah. Drake's I get it. album. I get yeah, yeah. Honestly, never mind. Uh great reference. Good throwback to the first episode. Um my pop culture essential for this week is on binge, and it is Nathan Fielder's show, The Rehearsal. I'm a big Ooh. fan of Nathan for you. I think it's one of the funniest shows to come out in the last decade. I think Nathan Field is hilarious. And his new show, The Rehearsal, is incredibly unique. The premise is that he takes real-life people who have what we would assume is a very mundane situation. Uh, in the f- case of the first episode, it's a, fr- a guy who has lied to his trivia team about the fact that he does not have a master's degree. And Nathan spends six weeks with him rehearsing every single possibility, every single possible conversation outcome so he can be prepared to tell his friends that he does not have a master's degree. As crazy as that sounds, and it's insane because they recreate full sets of this guy's house, they recreate full sets of the bar and have him rehearse with actors who are playing his friends. It is an absurd premise. However, it is incredibly hilarious, but it's this interesting look at humanity and how we interact with each other, how we connect with each other and sort of the longing to be accepted by people, but it's done in this incredibly comedic and, and heartfelt way. The last you'll be laughing at the cringe, the whole episode and the last like two minutes of conversation in this show will have you sit back and go, Oh oh, wow. Okay. That's actually quite a tender moment, but you get a really interesting look inside Nathan Fielder's psyche and sort of how he his issues with self-esteem and how he views himself uh, in a negative way to people. But 
it's incredibly well done. I think it's got like a 9.6 on IMDb at the moment. Like it is, inc- it is very well loved at the moment. And it's two episodes out on Binge at the moment. I highly recommend checking out the rehearsal. Sounds good. Pete, what about you? Um, so my uh, essential this week is, so it's a show that I've been watching every Friday for the last six or seven weeks um, on Apple TV+. Plus. I am now fully in love with Loot. Oh, yeah, my Rudolph and the insanely beautiful Jolking Booster. Um, <laughs> it's I've really appreciated the fact that this show. I thought they were potentially going to go down the route of my Rudolph's character being like really bitchy or really just completely detached from reality because of her wealth, but I like that she's a likable person and she's just trying to navigate you know, being in the work environment. Um, It's just, it's really funny. I like the little romance story that's coming into it. I like the friendships that are being created. Uh, It's just an easy 22 minute watch. Um, Yeah, I always like my Rudolph on my screen. And yes, I think people that follow me on social media know that I'm a little bit in love with Jolkin Booster, but that's... (laughs) Because he might love me back because he's one of us. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is a very good show, to be fair. Yes, it is. And it's been, uh, it's gotten renewed for season two. Oh, that is the best news I've heard in a long time. That makes me happy to know that. Amazing. It's going to continue on for at least one more season. Nice. Well, that is it. We are all done for another week. Thanks to the both of you. For coming back after last week. Oh, Anytime. Sounded, sounded so like, yeah, thanks to We weren't forced by gunpoint or anything. No. <laughs> Tell me my family is safe. I came back on my own volition, you know. <laughs> you didn't have to invite me back, really. No, no yeah. So we, we thank you for having us back. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram at NixFlixFix, my 60-second film reviews and ticket giveaways and competitions, uh, the monthly movie marathon podcast with Peter Gray on all podcasting platforms and writing for NovaStream Network, reviews and interviews and trailers and all that good stuff there at NovaStreamNetwork.com. Thank you for that, Nick. Um, yes, you can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at rated. PDG, where I release all of my news, interviews, and reviews for the AU Review, which you can catch at, catch at theaureview.com. You also will hear this lovely, velvety voice on Nick's Flix Fix Monthly Movie Marathon podcast. And because I'm the only one here that's certified, you can look me up on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> 